Welcome back, friends, to the Empowered Jewish Living Podcast. Thank you so much for joining us. In this episode, I have a wonderful conversation with Rabbi Shmuel Reichman. He is a dynamic and very innovative young rabbi who's building this online community around incredible content that blends together deep Torah principles with modern self-help ideas. He speaks on this podcast about his own story, uh, his personal story, as well as how he spent thousands and thousands of dollars investing in all the different online programs and went to seminars to really pick the brains of all of the greatest thought leaders and pull together the self-mastery course called Self-Mastery Academy uh, that really blends together the best of everything. So it's a wonderful conversation with a lot of great insights how to really develop ourselves. He's an author, educator, speaker, and a coach who has lectured internationally on topics of Torah, psychology, spirituality, medical ethics, philosophy, and leadership. And he's the founder and CEO of Self Mastery Academy, the transformative online self-development course that is based on the principles of high-performance psychology, Torah, and leadership. I think that you will gain a lot and really enjoy this episode with Rabbi Shmuel Reichman. This is the Empowered Jewish Living Podcast, where we explore the beauty of Judaism, the depth of Jewish wisdom, and how to live a more empowered life. Okay, so one more quick note before we begin today's conversation. I want to thank you all so much for listening to the podcast. Over the course of the last several episodes, we've seen a real climb in people listening, and I'm really, really excited about it, and I'm so grateful to all of you for listening. If you're enjoying the podcast, send me a message on any of the social medias, Shlomo Buxbaum on Facebook or on Instagram. I'd love to hear from you. I'd love to hear what you're enjoying and what you'd like to hear more of. Also, if you're on Apple Podcasts, subscribe to the podcast or wherever you listen to podcasts, subscribe and give it a rating and share it with others because we'd love to get these conversations out to more people. I would really, really appreciate that. Lastly, I just wrote a book and it's called The Four Elements of an Empowered Life. And it is available on Amazon or at the publisher site, Mosaica Press. And I encourage you to check it out because it's a really great mix of ancient Jewish wisdom, mysticism, some Kabbalah, but also very practical, modern advice from all of the the top thought leaders today. So I really think you'll enjoy it, and I encourage you to check it out, pick up a copy. It's available wherever Jewish books are sold. So yeah, check it out, The Four Elements of an Empowered Life. And without further ado, on with the show. Shmuel Reichman, welcome to the program. Such a pleasure to be here. We're excited to have you. And I think that where I want to launch is a very inspiring video of yours that I saw last week that I I thought was so, so incredible. And I think it's a great way for us to start our conversation. You posted a video on your social media and you, I think you spoke about imposter syndrome and you said that 
when you first started creating your content, putting your stuff out, creating your courses, there were people, I don't know if it was an inner voice or, or an external voice, but there were people that said, you should wait a little bit. You're not a rabbi yet. You don't have the degrees yet. You're a little young. And there was a part of you that said, yeah, you know what? Maybe, maybe I'm not the right guy to do it. But then there was another voice inside of you that said, no, 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 the world needs Shmuel Reichman. The world needs my message. So let's begin. Can you, what, what was that burning passion? Like, what's your story? How did you get into this space of being a thought leader? And why did you feel that it was so important for you at this time in your life to sort of get your message out to the world? The irony is that as much as I am blessed to be doing now, I never in my wildest dreams thought this was possible. And I grew up as pretty much a normal kid. I loved inspiration. I wasn't really a Tamil Chacham as a kid. I didn't love learning Torah. I didn't love intellectual, spiritual concepts. I wasn't you know, dreaming of one day uh, being someone like this. And when I was around 17, 18 years old, I went to Israel, I went to Shalavim, and I fell in love with Torah. And I started to learn. But in the middle of my first year in Shalavim, I start to feel it was, it was it was basically one it started one day it happened basically every single day for a couple months i started to feel this pain in my stomach and then that pain stretched to my head and i passed out and for anyone who's passed out before uh usually you just wake up but i didn't just wake up i felt this excruciating pain and i felt this struggle to come back to consciousness and i woke and when i finally did get back to consciousness uh, i had no idea what was going on and I went to the doctor and they had no idea what was happening. And this started happening every single week for a couple months. And every single day I was scared this was gonna happen. And remember when it happened, I had no idea what was happening. So I didn't know if I was gonna wake up. So I began thinking like, I don't know if today's gonna be my last day. And I was young, I was around 17, 18 years old and Usually you don't have a midlife crisis until you're around 50. You don't start to really think about why you're here, like what your talents are, what you can contribute to the world because there's no rush. You've never experienced death. So you don't really think of it as a real concept and you just think you're gonna live forever. But I was a young kid, I was 18 years old and I genuinely thought that maybe today's my last day. So, I began to take full advantage. I began to really question everything. Why do I do what I do? Why do I think what I think? The people in my life, the foods I'm eating, the ideas I'm thinking, the ideas I believe, but what do I believe I'm capable of? And it's one of those amazing things. Anyone who's learned in Israel for you knows it's the most amazing time of your life. But I was, I was there with a passion. I was there with a the fire. And I began to really try to become the best version of myself, truly. And that really creates the background as to why I went on the trajectory I became, because I ended up getting better and it turned out to be something not lethal at all. I have something called vasovagal and it, there are certain triggers which uh, make me go into that, that state. And basically the only thing that's lethal is if you're standing up while it happens, you have to lie down because if you pass out while you're standing up, <laughs> it might mm. not be so good, you might hit your head. So I, I just retained that passion. That's amazing. I, I can't even imagine with me, like even when I stub my toe, I'm just like, oh my gosh, is, is this the end? <laughs> like, so I can't imagine actually passing out, but I mean, yeah. wow. 
Wow. So it was, it was a crazy time. And that, that kind of like, that really shaped me because I will say that there were other aspects as well. Like one aspect is being away from home and really getting away from all the, the ways that you identify yourself are so closely tied to society and how you normally live your life. And when you're pulled out of society and you get to really reshape yourself, the fact that I was really broken, I was really shattered and really given the opportunity to build myself from the ground up was truly an opportunity. And during that time period, I also ended up uh, losing the ability to speak for almost a year during that time period. So something happened to my throat and this the doctors never ended up explaining what happened. So I fell in love with Torah and every single time I wanted to share the Torah, it felt like a dagger was stabbing my throat. So all I do, like, uh, you know, Baruch Hashem, I'm, I'm a speaker, I'm a coach, I'm an educator, uh, coming out with my first book. All I wanted to do was to sh- talk and to share ideas and to talk with people and talk about Torah and I couldn't. Every single word had to be calculated. Every single time I wanted to talk, it was basically deciding I'm going to now engage in tremendous pain for the sake of this conversation. So I was asking Hashem, why is this happening to me? Like, why, why is my life falling apart? Why uh, am I facing death on a daily basis? And why can't I speak? And, and why can't I talk? And obviously, in retrospect, that was the biggest gift because the reason I value speech so much and the reason I value articulation and words and how to express abstract thoughts in the most articulate and particular way is because I had to spend a year valuing every single word I spoke. So I got back to America after I finished learning for a couple of years in Shalvim. And I was originally pre-med and I just couldn't do it. I remember I took AP Bio in high school. So I started with chemistry and I just couldn't be, I just was so just, I couldn't find any passion in pre-med and I was really struggling. And I didn't know how I was going to shift because it wasn't really an option. Like I never even considered the option of doing anything other than being a doctor. When I was in high school and my dad's a doctor, I always dreamed of being a doctor. I like to joke that now I'm a, more of a spiritual doctor I and mean, I'm getting a PhD at the University of Chicago, but it was a very hard decision. And I remember really having to find that voice that told me deep inside, like you can do this. Like you could chase after your dreams. You can devote your life to inspiring people, to becoming the greatest version of yourself and doing it in a way that's not easy. That you're gonna to have to give up things. You're gonna to have to figure out a way how to support yourself. You're gonna to have to figure out how to create a life around your vision and your dream. And you're not going to have like a clear path to just follow. There's no real you know, path to do what I wanna do. There's only like, here are the steps and you're, you're good to go. There's a lot of struggle. There's a lot of doubt. There's a lot of people that are gonna question you and challenge you. And I, remember closer to the stage where I was beginning smicha, I had nothing. And I had so much that I wanted to share. I had so much passion. I had so many things that I knew were missing in the world that I can contribute. I wanted to make depth and, and, and powerful deep Torah inspiring. I wanted to take all of the inaccessible ideas that only the intellectuals and people who've spent their entire lives devoted towards deep, in-depth learning. And I want to make that extremely accessible, inspiring and enjoyable to everyone. And that was something that 
I had spent years struggling with myself in terms of getting access to that content. And I thought there was a better way to do it. And there was a better way to teach it. And there was a more systematic way to do it. And at the same time, I was a little kid. I was, you know, just a little Shmuel Reichman who just had a lot of passion and no experience. And I, I remember I would go speak at communities and a lot of people wouldn't listen simply because I was young or simply because I didn't have degrees. And if I would be perfectly honest, 99% of what I've learned, I've learned outside of the classroom. I've learned outside of the degrees, outside of that. But I made sure that there would never be a reason why someone would say, I'm not listening to you because. What, so, what was that first idea for you? Again, you're probably in your, your early 20s, right? So again, you've had this powerful experience in Israel where you started looking at life in a much more serious way because you knew or you had contemplated, you know, maybe I'm not going to be here for that long and I need to make the most of it. And then you're in pre-med and already you're feeling like, one second, this is not right. I, I have a message that I want to give to the world. And the way you said it before is you wanted to take those Torah ideas that are kind of lofty and out there and you felt that you had a way to deliver it. But then I guess you're, you know, you're, you, you want to get out there. You're speaking for, for communities. What is the message, or at least your early message, that you're trying to deliver to them? I would say, if you want to put it very simply, there is almost always a disconnect between the ability to speak with passion, to be an inspirational speaker, and genuine content. So for when I grew up, all of those brilliant lecturers, the most brilliant rebellion, and the most brilliant thinkers that I knew were uninspiring, even the greatest ones. And the people who were the most inspiring were full of fluff. They were they were uninspiring speakers. as speakers or as as people. Oh, as speakers. As, as speakers. Course, okay, they're they just flat. Yeah. 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 Uh, we're talking specifically about delivery. So it's not only flat. It's it's organization. It's stories. It's passion. It's excitement. It's showing a certain level of energy. It's a body language, facial expressions, it's movement. There's so much art that goes into effective teaching and effective presentation of ideas. And when you have a disconnect between passion and inspiration on the one hand and content and depth on the other, you only have, the for the masses who need inspiration when it comes to ideas, not everyone needs inspiration when it comes to ideas, when it comes to learning, when it comes to growing, but the masses, the, the mass majority of people do. And when there's a disconnect between those two, you end up having people only listening to inspirational speakers who aren't actually teaching you deep content, who aren't actually teaching you real Torah. Yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a very, very fascinating point. Cause again, you know, I, I, I've always been interested in the subject of the spiritual leader. And, and I know it's weird to go here, but if let's say you look, at, you know, within like the world of Eastern spirituality, right? Mm -hmm. So that world, you know, when people, when you hear in that world, they speak about, oh, this one is my guru. You know, they don't say, they don't say he's such a dynamic person. They don't say, they say, you know what, when we found this guru, when we found this person, we felt like they understood, he understood me, we felt you know, this deep sense of connection. You know, they were able to say just a few words. And those few words were the most, those few words changed my life, you know. And I think that 
you know, if we look at the old school, I don't know, you know, the the Jewish mystics and the Hasidic rabbis, you know, I'm, it does seem that a lot of them did have this dynamic aspect um, to them. But yet, the people who were moved by the early Hasidic uh, rabbis were not moved, I don't think, by their brilliance. When you hear them, they describe their, their rabbis as when he made Kiddush, when he said Kiddush Friday night, his face was ablaze. You know, that's what they look at. It was something that radiated from them. Today, in our generation, we don't hear that language anymore. It's much more people are looking for the Tony Robbins-like figure, the one who's over the top, the one who's who's dynamic. So it is interesting to see just the, the changing landscape of what it means to to be that leader, to be that influencer. 100%. And I, I think there also are so many levels of that because when it comes to the, the Hasid Rebbe who they see the shine in the face, the, the Ziv HaPanim, the, that light in his face when he's making Kiddush or you know, eating something and to be mitzvah, to connect to that. The reason why there's that light in his face is because of a life devoted to Hashem, to Talmud Torah, to wisdom, to depth, to profundity, to chesed, to people. And it's it's a shine that comes through a very simple, physical, non-intellectual act, but is infused with a life of wisdom, intellectual, spiritual, emotional depth. And I think that people don't appreciate that as much, but also people are not, like even the greatest among us, they're, you know, we live in a different world. And I think that people, because they don't know what to look for, they, they are not attuned to a, a, someone who has lived a life of spiritual development and is, is really living on a higher plane that we don't see so right. if you don't know what you're looking for, you're automatically reactive. And the heart is really the first, the first sign that people are like, when, when you're touched, when, when you're inspired, when you hear that right message at the right time in the right way, the right story, the right, just something happens in your life and you just, you're going through something and just that right message was just, it was given to you. And no one else could have said except for this person, even though, you could have heard the story 10 times before, but like this person at this moment, you heard it, like there's something about that. And I, I really think that the inspirational stage is simply the opening. And once you've been opened, once you're attuned, once you're excited, once you want it, then you're able to start seeing with deeper eyes. Then you can start immersing yourself in devoting because the only way that you're going to make genuine changes if you immerse yourself if you it, it, it does it takes a level of obsession of devotion of focus of giving up aspects of your life it's not easy yeah. and for me inspiration is a tool and it's a powerful tool oh. but it's not just practical it's, let me ask you though you know now that the space the tony robbins and that thought leader space is growing and there are more and more people that are doing that and they have good content and they create, like you just said, they create those inspirational moments. You know, I don't know. I've never been to a, a Tony Robbins uh, Unleash the Power Within seminar. I don't know if, if you've been to those. But I mean, people are really shaken up. People really, I mean, they go to those and it, I mean, it, you know, it moves them. It moves them. And and again, and, and some of this content is great. 
And not only is some of this content great, and again, you can comment on what I'm about to say if you agree or if you disagree, but I think that a lot of them, they they have done, you know, especially Tony Robbins, he is kind of a spiritual, you know, you like him, you don't like him. There is a lot of spirituality. There is a lot of God. There is a lot of faith. Um, and, and a lot of these people are extracting powerful tools and, and these are the same tools that we're finding in, in our ancient texts, but yet it doesn't have the religious aspect. It doesn't have the holiness aspect of it. Do you find or are you concerned that the movement, the, 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 the I don't even know, the influencer, the thought leader, the coaching space is now almost replacing religion you know, in in our in, in American Western society, so that it used to be if somebody was lacking meaning, they say, okay, if it's a Jew, I need to go see the rabbi. If it's you know someone from a different religion, I need to go. I need to start. Go, I need to go to church. I need to you know whatever it is. Now it's I don't need religion. I don't need the rabbi, the priest, the you know whatever. I because you know, Tony Robbins is my guru, even though his Netflix documentary is, I am not your guru, right? But they are becoming the new gurus. And therefore, someone's going to say, you know what, why do I need religion? I've got the world of self-help. That's a great question. That's a great question. And, and I've devoted years specifically to this very question. Because first of all, if you ever hear Tony Robbins, he'll always say God or whatever it is you believe in, right? or he'll say God or the universe. There are a lot of qualifications that are important to pick up on. He's not speaking to anyone. He's speaking to everyone. So he's speaking to no one. And that's important because when you, have, when, when you get so removed from anything specific, you actually end up with nothing. And that's what Tony Robbins actually ends up with. Most, I would say almost all of the gurus and, and self-help leaders and thought leaders there's very little, if anything, at the core of their philosophy. And it's a philosophy that's, you know, just a universal philosophy of be good, do good. And, you know, different levels of that. There is so little, actually, once you get past the practices and strategies. What they are great at is delivery. And what they're great at is strategic strategies for self-development. But it's not a replacement. It's a band-aid for religious yearning, because it does not actually speak to the core questions of who am I, why am I, why I'm here. There is no underlying system. There is no answers to the questions of every religious yearner, which is what's my purpose in life? How do I find my purpose? Why is that my purpose? Why, why am I here? Why was the world created? And there are also no real systematic principles to their entire system. So they'll have so many self-contradictions within all of the different pieces of advice because they're just picking and choosing from things that they've heard or agreed or disagreed on. It's so scattered once you break it down and systematize it into a science. So the fundamental problem with all of these is that they are useful, but they are simply getting at a human yearning for purpose and growth, feeding that yearning but it's not the best medicine. And I've spent thousands and thousands and thousands of dollars on these courses trying to understand what they're doing, what their philosophies are, what they're trying to accomplish, what they're trying to help you do. And I realized that there was no real system at the core. So while they're very helpful and very useful, you need the wisdom of Torah synthesized with some of the strategies and the coding and delivery 
that they have. So my system is really a, a Torah system of self-development with the strategies and the inspirational coding of the self-help, self-development movement, the, the thought leadership sort of brand. And it was, that, that was also one of the, the real questions I had was timing for that. But that was something that I could not wait to create. Like that for me was the most important thing because it changed my life. The, the ability to build an identity around the idea that you can do anything, you can accomplish anything, you are infinite, that is rooted within Torah. You're a chelak al-kamal, you're an aspect of a kosh baruch, you're built b'tzalmakam, you're built in the, we'll define that very loosely as the image of Hashem, the image of God, but you can do anything. But not that many people are passionately able to articulate that message in an inspiring way that will help you do anything, that will help you really live a life. And while it changed my life, I want to really help people do the same in their life, but I wanted it to be much more than just an inspirational message or a self-development you know, course that really was built off of nothing. So I took all of the ideas that I had spent my life developing and learning in Jewish thought, and I turned that into a self-development system that is inspired by the self-help, self-development, seven habits of highly successful people like that world, but is based off of the wisdom of Torah. And for me, like that's where the two converge. That's Torah Mata. That's taking the inspiration of ideas, but really rooting it all within Torah thought. So when you say, and again, you're speaking now about this, you know, you 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 developed this beautiful course, which again, to I from what I understand, this is really a one of a kind within the Jewish world. I don't know of too many, again, within the, the the Tony Robbins world is probably there's tons of courses, but I'm not sure from 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 what I'm aware of, I believe that yours is very much one of a kind, the Self Mastery Academy, this video series that um, that gives this system. But can you clarify a little bit more? And I don't know how specific, obviously, you know, you can't give away your whole thing in just a podcast, but clarify a little bit more. When you say a system, do you mean that you're you're you know holding people's hands how their day should look? Is it are, are these mindsets, are these practices? What do you mean when you say a system that you're giving over in the self-mastery academy? That's a great question. And I'll, I don't want to go too much into this because I don't want to divert too much focus to self-mastery, although it's something I'm very passionate about. But for me, self-mastery is really taking ownership of your life and really creating your life, creating the right habits, creating the right mindset, creating your identity, taking real ownership of who's in your life, what direction you're going in, what does your day look like, how, how are you crafting your emotional, intellectual, spiritual, and relationship life, how are your finances, there are so many aspects of life, right, we have our physical health, our emotional health, our intellectual growth, our spiritual, how are we connecting with our creator, with Hashem, what are our relationships like, what are our finances like, there are so many things in what I found also, this is really important. I've spent, as I said, like, you know, in addition to all my formal degrees and studying at Harvard University of Chicago and having three graduate degrees from Yeshiva University, I've spent who knows how much money on these courses. And everyone has like their three, these are my you know, three ideas that were 10 ideas or go do this and it'll change your life, do this. And they all contradict each other. Because <laughs> it's like, if, if you do, if you take this person's advice, which he says are the ways to change your life, 
it's contradicting this other guy. And if you take this guy's advice or this woman's advice or this system. So my real goal was to create a unified, interconnected, harmonious system that obviously, once again, is built off of Torah thought, but takes into account all of like, for example, there are people who tell you everything's about mindset. Everything's about mindset. Everything's about what you think. What you think is what you become. Uh, think positive thoughts become your reality. Then everyone says it's, it's not about mindset. It's all about action. Like, just do it. Just, it's all about, other people say it's all about environment. Like, who are who you hanging out with? Who, what, who are you texting? Look at your cell phone. Other people say it's all about your diet. Like, look at your diet. Like, it's, you know, you become what you eat. And other people will say it's all about belief in Hashem, belief in God. If you believe in God, everything will just happen. It's, you know, uh, putting in the effort, that's just like a tax. It doesn't really mean anything. So what are you supposed to do with like a million different perspectives? So the real goal is to balance them and to recognize that there are truths that create a more holistic truth. And that if you reject one truth for another, you actually have a lie. But if you accept multiple truths and create a harmonious, interconnected, collaborate truth, then you're able to actually transcend the sum of the pieces. So you don't only collect more truths, you actually become something more than the individual pieces. And for me, it was creating a step-by-step -step process for people to go through. So, Full disclosure, I use this for myself. Like the, the, the course is really just a system I built for myself. And then I just shared it because people asked me to share it and then I built it into a course and it's gonna be a book. But the, the course is basically a design system to take you through building your perceptions, building your identity, to building your environment, to creating concrete goals, goals that will last, learning how to master your mind, master your psychology, master your body, and learning how to create a life that will empower you. And it's not only telling you what to do, but it's telling you why. It's giving you the reasons behind the principles, behind the concepts. So it's not just giving you great strategies. Every single module, every single video has strategies and principles that are meant to be implemented at the end. So you have worksheets that you fill out every single week that help you concretize the general ideas to your personal life. And every single video also has audio because people like to listen in the car to these things while they exercise. I always listen when I exercise. Right. And the real goal is to give you the principles, not just the strategies and the tools, but the principles behind the strategies and the tools so that you can, first of all, personalize it to your life, but also you understand why you're doing what you're doing. And that's the most empowering thing in life. If you know why you do what you do, if you can look at everything in your life down to the most specific ridiculous things like if you can give a why to everything in your life then you're living right mm -hmm. and sometimes the why doesn't have to be something profound but the more profound usually the better and sometimes the why is i don't know why but that's why i'm doing it because hashem told me like that's and it, that's a powerful why as well but it's always questioning, always deepening, having a reason for what you eat, for who you hang out with, for what you're learning, for what you're doing, for your job, for just simple things, how you use your time, how you view time, how you view money, how you view learning, how you view yourself, what are you capable of? Start to deepen, question, and build wise. I mean, my favorite quote of all time is, he who has uh, the right and most empowering why can overcome any how. There are different versions of it. It's usually quoted. Ooh, I like that. Time. Say that again. Say but that again slower. I, I love if that. You have, if you have a why, you can overcome any how. So everyone mm -hmm. always says like, how am I supposed to do this? How am I supposed to, it's too hard. It'll cost too much money. I don't have the resources. I don't have the friends. It's too late in life. It's too early in life. I'm this, I'm that. If you have the right why, 
then you can overcome anyhow. So for me, I was young and I wanted to do all these things, getting back to your original question. And there were so many how questions, like how is it gonna be possible? No one's gonna to listen to you, it's gonna be impractical. But I had this fiery, empowering why, like this is why I'm here. Like I have a purpose to, to just manifest and unfold. And it was working every day, all day for who knows how many years, but when you love what you do, you don't work a day in your life. So mm -hmm. when you're passionate and excited about life and about growing and about empowering others, you have no idea what you're capable of. So everyone has the ability to inspire someone. Everyone has the ability to inspire someone, but the best way to inspire someone is to stop focusing so much on just inspiring others and really focus on becoming the most incredible version of yourself mm. and be inspired by yourself. Like become someone you're proud of, become someone that when you look in the mirror, you say like, I, I'm living my life the way that I know I'm supposed to be living it. Mm. And if you look in the mirror too many times and, and you don't like what you see, it's time to change something. It's time to start heading in a new direction. I, I'd love to dig in though, to this concept of why a little bit more, because it is such a powerful, it's such a powerful idea. Um, but I, I want to push back a little bit and, and you'll see why in a moment, you know, as Jews, there is this idea of, of acceptance. So it is this beautiful idea, you know, to always ask why, why, why are you doing it? But at a certain point, it does get confusing mm -hmm. when we're always asking why, because we inevitably we eventually hit this wall that I'm doing it because I'm a Jew. I'm doing it because it's part of my tradition. I'm doing it because the Torah says so. Right. So at, at what point are we asking why too many times? And at what point does it just like, can we always be pulling this rug out from under us? You yeah, know, like, yeah. I, I, yeah, I mean, I think you understand kind of where I'm going. No, it's a great question. It's a great question. And, and the answer is, is somewhat paradoxical. And I'll try to like, the answer is that it is different for everyone and at different stages of life. So for example, for someone who is not capable of understanding how to use why, for example, someone who is not a bar down, someone who doesn't have that higher level of understanding, which usually are children between the ages of, well, I mean, every, everyone's different, everyone's different, but just to generalize younger children. For them, why is a, a tool that is almost never used in the way that I'm talking about. It's, a, it's, it's the way that you're talking about, which is basically getting out of of things is in the trying to undermine the system. Why when used as a deepening tool is the most, it's, it's kind of like a light that a Meyer uses when going into a cave. It's just, and sometimes you'll hit a dead end and you'll realize there's nothing there. So it's one of those things where from the age of let's say 15 to the rest of your life, the why question will always lead you somewhere deeper. Every single time you revisit a why, you'll realize that you can deepen your why. It's not just like repetition, but it's deepening. And the example I like to give is if you're walking on the edge of a cliff, the edge of a cliff, let's say you're, you're, you can't see, right? For some reason, your eyes are, are, are closed or you're, you're blindfolded. You don't know where the edge is. So you're very, very slowly creeping to the edge and you're tiptoeing. You're basically saying, why, why, why? Maybe you'll get to the edge of the cliff and you'll realize you're about to fall off a cliff because you're at somewhere where you don't have anything beyond that why. So you then move a little back. But then a month later, you start to tiptoe and you realize there's more in that ledge now because it's an ever deepening. The, the concept that the Ramak talks about is ruts for shoes. That it's, a, it's an always 
trying to deepen, but then realizing that you have to pull back sometimes. And when it comes to Torah thought, for example, there is infinite depth. So you never, ever, ever, ever hit the end point. And even the chukim, which are the principles of, of Torah laws that are supposedly unknowable and post-rational, meaning they defy reason and logic, the, the Mepharshim, the, the commentaries, they still try to give explanations. So there's, there's this notion of infinite depth that is beyond understanding, beyond cognition, it still has depth and understanding. And when you are comfortable with paradox and you're comfortable with realizing you'll never get there, but you can always get deeper, then you can always, always venture into the unknown, into that why, with the ability to also recognize that sometimes you won't get the answer you want. Sometimes you'll have to take a momentary pause. And sometimes the answer is, I don't know, but that, that answer could be different the next time you go. And for yourself, the why game is the most empowering and powerful game you can ever play, which is asking yourself, why do you do what you do? Or why that. do you want what you want? It's so, my favorite game of all time. Because then what do you get to? You say, why do I want this? Right? Let's say, you know, give the right example. I want, I, I want to be, you know, I want to be rich. Oh, because I want to be, you know, I want to have a lot of money so that people will like me. Oh, I want people to like me, so I like myself. I want to like myself. So ask yourself, keep on asking yourself, why do you want that? Why do you want that? And you'll keep on giving yourself a more root why. And you'll realize what's motivating everything in your life. And when you get to the most core why, where there's no why behind that, I just want that because this is what I want. There's no there's no ulterior reason. There's no reason of that's who you are. That's who you are. And if you are fully aware and you know how to do this game properly and you know where, the, I mean, the destination is always going to be, I want to be happy. The, the, the last answer is always want to be happy. Why do you want to be happy? People, there is no answer for why you want to be happy. The reason you want to be happy is because Baruch Hashem created you to want to be happy. Now, everyone struggles and makes mistakes on what's going to help you become happy. The way that you'll be happy is if you fulfill your purpose, become the person you were meant to become, and go on the journey of becoming the ultimate, truest version of yourself. That is your ultimate root. That is your why. That is why you're here. That is what motivates everything in your life. The motivation to make money, to be famous, to be liked, to get pleasure, to have relationships, to find love, all of those are aspects of our underlying yearning for becoming who we're meant to become. Some of them are mistaken, some of them are ideal, and they're all just offshoots. But when you understand root and expression, principle and prompt, which means like principle and like the application, the, the branch that comes out of that, you learn how to think. You learn how to navigate life. You learn how to think with, you know, with seichel, with, with higher clarity and higher intellectual clarity and you also come in touch with yourself which is truly that goal of the why exercise is to become self-aware to understand why you are who you are why you do what you do because the only way you can change is if you understand what you can change and the only way you can understand what you can change is if you understand who you are and what it is it's like the Ramchal says it beautifully you can only fix a mistake if you recognize that there's a mistake to be fixed mm -hmm. yeah. and you know we're getting to tell but that's like a beautiful idea it's all self-awareness it's all just tracing things back to their source yeah. and that's the theme of life that was a great point the rebel i love that the, there's the those two types of whys the rebellious why and the deepening why we're not looking for the why to try to get out of things we're, we're, we're looking to try to deepen it's a powerful question let, let me ask you this can you give, because again, let's say some, I come up to you on the street and I'm like, Rabbi Rachman, I'm going to take your self-mastery academy. I'm going to, but you know, like they say from the Gemara, I'll regalachas while standing on one leg here. Right now, I got a million dollars for you. 
Give me from the give me the very best. I want I want you know action items. Give me some of the best. Here you gave us one, the Y exercise. Give me two more exercises that really will be a game changer for my, for my life. I don't know daily, weekly, whatever it is, but some major exercises for me that you think may change my life and help me accomplish my mission. What would those be? I will. I will. I will give those things. But I will tell you that one of my favorite ideas in life before I give you the two. And this is something which most people find out through trial and error, but I will tell you, everyone wants the quick fix and everyone wants like the one, two, three ideas that will change their life. Right. And I will tell you that the truth is that there's a truth to that, but there's no truth to that in the sense that the truth is that you need hundreds of principles to change your life because life is so brilliantly sophisticated and complex that anyone who says, here's the three ideas that will change your life and they say, you don't need anything else. It's only these three. Like they don't know what they're talking about. But like I just said, everything is rooted within, so to speak, a higher why. And a higher why is a higher principle. So there are fundamentally higher core principles which contain, for example, let's say one core principle. That core principle contains 10 principles. Those contain, each of those contain 10. Each of those contain 10. So if you're going by one of those like offshoot, offshoot, offshoot principles, you say, this is the most fundamental principle in life you're really off. But if you say the absolute core principle is the, the most fundamental principle, you're, 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 you're right, but you're not right because you won't really understand unless you understand all the other principles as well. So I will say that the real goal of life is to be a learner, to be a grower, and to always, always recognize that there are people who know more than you, there are people who know different things than you, and never be satisfied with where you are, who you are. Always be collecting, always be thinking, always be listening, and always be growing. And there are more core principles, which are the foundational principles that contain everything else. And those are the ones you want to go for. But if I would tell you two, two things which I think will forever change your life is number one, turn your life into a journey towards the ultimate destination you can possibly conceive of. Right now, become the hero of your story. Become the, the hero of your story. Pretend there's a camera just following you around and you're in a documentary called your life and it's called the you know the, the the heroic story of your life and i want you to sit down and i want you to sit down in a room by yourself and i want you to think of the ultimate ultimate destination I mean, the ultimate end game you, you let's say you live as long as you think you're possibly going to live for what's the ultimate life you can possibly live ultimate impact ultimate person ultimate personality ultimate identity ultimate uh field of knowledge relationships wealth uh legacy uh everything you can possibly imagine, everything, and work backwards and say, okay, I have this many years, what's this year gonna be about? This year, I'm gonna make this year about heading towards that direction. I already have the end game. I have the end game, I have the goal. So like you take the greatest archer of all time, you can hit any target, blindfold him, you can't hit anything. You don't know where you're heading, you don't know what your ultimate destination is, you wanna accomplish anything in life. So start with the ultimate and make it unrealistic, make it crazy, make it inspiring, make it something which just, it's your dream life. Don't, you know, most people, they don't fail in life because they aim too high and miss. They fail because they aim too small and hit. So yeah. don't create a very small vision for yourself, create an unbelievable vision and make this year, the first year of heading towards that destination. Then make this month, the first out of 12 steps to head towards fulfilling what your goal is for this year. Make this week the first of four steps of the next four weeks to hitting this monthly goal and make every day of this week 
the first of seven steps of hitting this weekly goal. Turn your life into a structured, oriented, goal-oriented life. Understand the value of time. Understand the value of breaking things up into smaller pieces. Have the unbelievable big goals and have tiny goals so that you can constantly check off and say like, I am growing. Because if you have that crazy goal, you'll never ever feel like you accomplished it and you'll never ever feel good about your growth. And that's the hardest thing is when people are growing but don't see it. And then they give up because they're convinced that they're not growing. Because growth is very minuscule, step by step. It's very small. Number two, every single day, wake up with gratitude. And this is obviously built into Judaism. This is built into Modani. But every single day, wake up and say, what are three things that I'm thankful for? And it can be the same three every day, but mix them up. Try to really find ways to be grateful because grateful is the same as a why concept. It's about rooting things back to their source. It's saying, I'm here now, but look at all those things that are not in the present moment that I can bring into the present moment. And you can infuse positivity. Like it's impossible to be in a bad mood when you're grateful. It's impossible to be negative and it's impossible to be grumpy when you're grateful. Start your day with just unbelievable gratitude. Be grateful for being alive, be grateful for the people in your life, for all the things you look back and it's like, whoa, like at the time I, I thought that was gonna like be one way, but it turned out to be another way. I'm so thankful. Like learn how to be, learn how to recognize good things. That's the ultimate skill. To, and obviously we can go into a lot more strategies, but if you have those two, which is really one's about the future, one's about the past, yeah. one's about really heading towards the ultimate destination and one's about recognizing all the good things that are currently and from the past in your life then you create a present that is infinitely meaningful. these are both these are both amazing i want to tell you that in your first one i actually heard two in your first one also so you really gave us three because you spoke <laughs> about the ultimate destination but you sort of you threw in there something else that is really powerful and that is be the hero of your own story and I think that is, in many ways, its own strategy, because I know even for me, I remember once also just being at this crossroads, not it wasn't even I wish I can call it a crossroads, it was a dead end, it wasn't a crossroads, it was a dead end. And I spoke to someone who guided me and said, just, you are now the character, you are the hero in your own story, mm -hmm. write the book what do you want to write about this hero? How does this hero play this out? You know, what is this? What is the big heroic destination here? And I did that. And I found my way out. And by the way, I just want to say, it wasn't it didn't happen in a moment, because I wrote it. And it was it was a three, four year, it was a long story. Um, and it started with small steps. And, it, and and again, it was a dead end. It wasn't a fake that it was a real dead end. But it started by just, you know, pushing a stone here and pushing a stone there and slowly, slowly, slowly. And over the course of three, the next three years, I found my way out of this dead end. But it took sort of me pulling myself out and turning into the author and now viewing me as the character, the hero in that story and seeing it through that lens was very powerful. That's incredible. Yeah, yeah. I would say that the, the underlying principle for this and that's why you're always going to have to add more principles. It's the way that ideas and wisdom work. So they're all interconnected. So once you start, you can't really stop. But you have to, in order to become the hero of your story, you have to believe it's possible. 
you have to believe that you're destined for greatness, that you might not think that no one has, maybe no one ever told that to you. Maybe no one ever in your entire life told you, you know what, you should go for that idea. You should really go out of your comfort zone. You should take that risk. You're, you're capable of doing something that no one else has ever done, or you're capable of doing something that other people have done, but you don't think you're capable of doing. You're capable of doing more than you ever thought was possible. Until you believe that about yourself, that you genuinely can do anything if you put your mind to it and put in enough effort and really dev just devote your life to it, then you can't become the hero of your story. But once you genuinely start believing in yourself, believing in your identity, believing, becoming more self-confident, becoming empowered and being comfortable with failing and just getting rid of that doubt and that fear of failure and that fear of what other people will think and start believing in yourself, when you start believing it's possible, you can do anything. And I would say start surrounding yourself with positive people. Don't surround yourself with the people who shut down every idea you have, who always convince you about how you know, incapable you are and listen to inspiring content, like constantly engage. It's kind of like nutrition. You have to feed your body, otherwise you'll die. You have to feed your relationships, otherwise they'll die. You have to feed your connection with Hashem, with your creator, otherwise that relationship will wither. Well, you have to feed your inspiration and to feed your, your self-worth and your identity. And if you're not feeding it, then it fades away. So take ownership over your, your identity, over your self-worth, over your emotional reality, and truly become the hero of your story by realizing that your story is worth telling and that Beautiful. you are, you are capable and worthy of, of, of being the hero of a story. Beautiful, beautiful. As we wind down, so now you've just, you've created this powerful, this self-mastery academy that really has so many amazing, amazing tools for life. You're, from what I understand, you're turning it into a book now. But we're like, how do you top that <laughs> when you put together such a, such a, a, an amazing tool that has so much in it? Like, where do you go from here in your career? That's a great question. I, I truly believe in an important qualification to what I told you a moment ago of the ultimate destination. And Avraham, Abraham was told Lech Lecha, and it was a journey to the self. Lech Lecha means go, but it also means go to yourself. It was a journey into the young. That's actually my first safer. It's coming out in a couple months. It's an in-depth Machshava safer that uh, is organized according to the Parsha. It's uh, hopefully gonna come up by the Parsha cycle in a couple months. But the important part of any journey, any real journey, and I, I, I never claim, I never will claim to be great. I only claim to want to go on a journey towards greatness. That, that is my ultimate desire in life. To, and not greatness abstractly. Greatness is in becoming my, who I'm supposed to be. That, that's all I want. And for me, the journey has infinitely expanded beyond my wildest dreams, but it, it never changed and is always changing. The journey was to become the best version of myself, but every single time I reset to where I'm trying to head towards, my understanding of what that is changes. So it starts out when I'm 20, uh, you know, it's like ask a five-year-old, what do you wanna be when you grow up? And then that, that changes. It's like, when you're five, what do you think is like the greatest thing? It's like, I wanna be a fireman superhero on the moon who, you know, eats lollipops all day. It's like, you know, what's the greatest? So for me, when I was younger, I wanted to be a doctor who shared Torah. Then I wanted to be a Tamil Chacham. I wanted to be a Rav and a Rav Bashul. Then I wanted to create online courses. Then I wanted to inspire Klaishal. Then I wanted to teach Menachem Halacha and Gemara Begin and Machshava and Musar and inspiration. And then I wanted to write books. And 
you know, I, I'm in the middle of a lot of things. I'm going a lot of things. I'm getting a PhD from the University of Chicago. I just spent the year studying at Harvard as an Ivy League exchange scholar. And these were things that I never thought was possible years ago, but I like talked about them. I said like, you know, maybe I'll, I'll, I'll do this. And that's also an important skill, by the way, is when you want to do something that's a, that you don't think is possible, start talking about it and start telling people you're going to do it because then you start to believe it's possible. Mm -hmm. And you also start to be held accountable because no one wants to be seen as the person who said like, yeah, I'm going to start eating healthy and then they're eating, you know, chocolate bars. Like you want to be seen as who you claim to be. So you create an external accountability. So for me, the, the idea of where I want to go, like the, the, the simple answer is I want to be the best version of myself and help other people do it. What that actually ends up looking like is to keep on teaching, to keep on creating courses, to keep on publishing Svarim, to ultimately create the biggest online community I can possibly do. And then down the line to build a, a brick and mortar physical community around ideas, around growth, where we are all on the shared journey of becoming the best versions of ourselves. Everyone has their own unique purpose. Everyone is contributing. And yet there is this understanding that we are all bigger than the sum of our parts and we're all in this together. Wow. And you're going to do it. That's, that, that's the ultimate dream just to, to keep moving forward. And, and it's all about keep dreaming. That's really what it is. Keep dreaming, but make that dream a reality. Don't talk about it. Also do it. And just keep on surprising yourself and have good days, not only good weeks, but good days. Mm -hmm. And just like turn this into the ultimate story it possibly could be. Well, I'm excited to follow you on that journey. And I, I, I appreciate the time that you gave me today and hopefully continuing to follow your journey. And, and for everyone else, for all of the listeners, where can they find you? And if they want to become part of that online community, give us the address. So everything is at shmuelreichman.com. You can find basically everything, all of my lectures. You can find Self-Mastery Academy. You can find how to contact me. And there's uh, weekly lectures usually posted on the website. Uh, and if you're on social media, you can find me just about uh, any social media. And uh, you can sign up for weekly emails, weekly uh, lectures in Divri Torah on my website. Amazing. Well, you know, you spoke early on about packaging together the intellect and the emotion and the inspiration, and you certainly delivered on all of those <laughs> things in our time together. So Shmuel, I really appreciate your time and thank you so much for joining us. Such an absolute pleasure. And I really look forward to seeing all the amazing things that you're doing and to your audience. I hope you all keep on growing and you should know that Rebecca's family is truly an inspiration and it was such a pleasure to be here with you. Amazing. Thank you so much for listening. I hope that you'll subscribe to the podcast and you can always go to rabbishlomo.com for more great content and resources and to connect directly with me.